Today is Wednesday, February 12th, 2020. Happy birthday, Abraham Lincoln. I don't know how old you would be today, but um, happy birthday. <laughs> Not that he is a liar or anything, but today would have been uh, Abraham Lincoln's birthday. I just don't know which birthday it was. Um, speaking of Abraham Lincoln and, and being president, last night was the counting of the New Hampshire primary votes, and it was very close. I'm sure by now, those of you listening know that Bernie Sanders uh, scraped out a win in New Hampshire, and I say that because it was extremely close. It was like 1.4% or 1.3% difference between Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg. Now, I know there is a large number of gays who do not care for Pete Buttigieg, but um, I'm still with Mayor Pete currently, I'll say that. Um, I'm a little shocked at at how well he did in both Iowa and um, New Hampshire, but maybe his likability and electability and uh, policies and so forth are more attractive to a larger uh, crowd of people than I thought. Anyway, so we had New Hampshire, and next, I believe, is Nevada next Tuesday, and then South Carolina. Now, um, those couple, there's a couple of candidates who both dropped out, and some who didn't do very well. For example, Joe Biden. This is the second state that he did not do well in. He came in fifth place in New Hampshire, and I believe it was fourth place fourth or fifth in Iowa. So um, he's not doing too well. It might be because he's too old school and just too old. I'm not sure, but um, he did not do well. And I don't know. Um, Also, those who dropped out were um, Andrew Yang with the Yang gang. They dropped out. And a person who I totally forgot was even in the race is Michael Bennett from Colorado. I totally forgot that he was in the race (laughs) because he hadn't been in the last, I think, the last one or two debates. So I didn't see him. Now, one person who did really well is Amy Klobuchar, supposedly, which I didn't see the debate, but last Friday... Uh, with the ABC debate in New Hampshire, she did really well. And uh, not that she won the debate, but that she had such a good showing that she impressed some people in New Hampshire enough to bring her up to third place above Elizabeth Warren and um, Joe Biden. So, I mean, she actually, I think she surprised surprised a lot of people by um, getting that momentum from the debate and then doing so well in the primary. I was watching CNN and their coverage of it, and they they actually talked about that multiple times in the evening was how how impressed they were with uh, the change in Amy Klobuchar in the debate and then now her performance in the um, primary. So, um, you know, as, as they say, it's only been two states and there's a lot more to go, especially come Super Tuesday, March 3rd, when there's a lot of states uh, will be doing their voting for their primaries. So it's, like they say, it's still a big open race. I think Joe Biden even said it. he left 
New Hampshire yesterday and was already in South Carolina. Um, and he spoke from South Carolina saying that, you know, it's not over yet. So, I mean, it's true, it's not over yet. But I can see, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how Pete Buttigieg is going to do in other states, like South Carolina, for example, because everyone keeps saying he's, he doesn't do very well with the African-American community. So he may not do well in South Carolina. I, I, I don't know. just don't know. Anyway, so that was the um, New Hampshire primary, and um, I know I haven't talked very much about politics, but I am still very interested in politics, especially with this presidential election um, cycle this time, of course, because I want to get rid of Trump, and uh, he's just horrible, just horrible. Um, Moving on, though, let's move on. Um, Sunday night was the Oscars, and I talked about a little bit last week on the episode, but I wanted to tell you how well I did and what I thought about the winners. So, you know, you can print out a ballot. The I printed out the Variety magazine the or newspaper, whatever Variety is. News, I think it's a magazine. Anyway, I printed out the ballot and you could choose the ones you want. And then um, I went around and circled the ones that I actually, or that I circled the ones that, was, that were um, the winners. Now, um, there's 24, 24 um, awards given out that night. And at the end of the uh, show, I got exactly 50%. I guessed 12 correct. So um, that's not very good. <laughs> I don't think that's very good. But um, and, and considering this year, I did not get to see all the movies. So anyway i think the last movie we saw was once upon a time in hollywood i think we saw that on did we see that on friday night i don't remember tell you the truth i did post it on facebook um i should go to myself and see what uh what day was that i think it was friday that was saturday yeah saturday night we watched once upon a time in hollywood um, yeah, so, um, and that was actually a pretty good movie. Um, I, yes, everybody knows that Brad Pitt won the Oscar for that movie, but I can't say that I could see it just from that movie. I think they maybe just gave it to him because it was his time to get it. I mean, it was a good movie, but it was, I wouldn't call his role an Oscar winning role. I wouldn't have said that, no. However, on the other hand, Renee Zellweger won for Judy, and I definitely saw that one. She was amazing in that movie, as I've said before, so I was very glad that she won her Oscar. When she gave her acceptance speech, she talked a bit much, um, but I think she felt like she had to because Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker, and he went on and on and on, talked and talked and talked. Um, Yeah, so both of those were good winners. And then for supporting actress, um, it was Laura Dern. And the thing is, I picked all four of those to win. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, Renee Selberger, Brad Pitt, and Laura Dern. Those are my selections, and all four of them won. So that was good. Now, one thing I totally messed up on was the best picture. I picked the best picture to be 1917 because everything I was reading online and reviews I had seen online were all saying that 1917 is the kind of movie that Oscar voters like to see, and they were going to pick that one for this year's best picture. However, it was a shock and a surprise that Parasite won. 
Now, and I say it that way because they won for Best International International Feature Film. And I had heard on two different shows that if Parasite won for International Feature Film, then it wouldn't win for Best Picture. Because International Feature Film was like the best best picture for of foreign films. You know, they changed that that category this year to to the name international feature film instead of foreign language film. I believe it was what it used to be called. But um, the director, Bong Joon-ho, um, I think he walked away with three or four um, Oscars that night because he won for um, best or international foreign film. Excuse me, I got to get this category right. International feature film. He won for Best Director, he won for Best Picture, and Best Original Screenplay. So there was four. Um, so that guy got four Oscars on Sunday night. Amazing. Pretty pretty freaking amazing. Um, any other surprises? No, I can't say. I was, um, Little Women, I think, only got one Oscar. Maybe two. Jojo Rabbit got one. I think, for, oh yeah, adapted screenplay. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty much, I'm going to say, a pretty much average Oscar show with no real surprises except for me being Parasite winning Best Picture. And when they announced it and they showed the Parasite people, they were all very shocked when they won. But um, I don't know that other people were shocked. I bet the people who made 1917 were shocked because I think that movie only won one, one award that I can think of. They won for sound mixing and, oh, and for visual effects. Oh, and for um, cinematography. So they won the technical kind of awards then. Huh. Well, I still want to see that movie, but, um, you know, it's not as... I'll wait until it comes out on Netflix now, I guess. Netflix or Hulu or Prime Video, whichever one it'll be. Now, one thing that did happen at the Oscars that I was shocked at um, was they had Eminem on there singing his rap song. I don't even know the name of the song. I, I was like, what in the world do they have him on there for? And then, and I put this on, not as, I put this on Facebook, um, I, first of all, I, while he was singing, I was looking at something like, that man is 47 years old. And he was he was dressed in all black with his pants falling down, with his ass hanging out, and he kept grabbing his crotch. And I posted it on Facebook. I said, the man's 47 years old. Pull up your pants. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was shocked at that. And I'm like, why is he on there? And I, you know, people were saying that both. I read, I read it on Twitter and um, Facebook that he, um, when he won the Oscar for that song, what was it, ten years ago? Ten, no more than that. It was two thousand three, I think it was, something like that. Anyway, when he won the Oscar for that song, he did not show up to get his Oscar. I forget who it was that picked it up. It was Barbara Streisand or somebody like that. Yeah, I think it was Barbara Streisand who got it for him. Um, anyway, so it's like the Oscars gave him a second chance at performing the song live at the Oscars. But like, I, there wasn't any significance to it. Like, he didn't have a movie out. 
it's not like he was um, doing anything special this year. I mean, I, I don't know why they had him on there. I don't, I don't know why. But I was just like, damn, dude, pull your pants up. It was so funny. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but um, I just thought it was funny. All right, moving on to something completely different. Oh, but this is kind of in the uh, topic that I want to talk about. I have not been participating in um, Twitter or Instagram very much lately. Excuse me, like I haven't, I don't think I've posted anything on Instagram since New Year's, um, you know, which is more than a month ago. And I know I haven't, I don't think I've tweeted anything except for responding to other people. I I haven't put out my own tweets and I, I don't even remember how long. But I, for some reason, um, I was on Instagram looking at stuff. I still, I still look at Instagram and like things and stuff and sometimes comment. But I'm just not posting stuff of my own. I don't know why I'm not doing that. I just, I don't know why. But anyway, I somehow ran across this Instagram account called Eva Stories. And I was like, what, what is this? This looks different. And um, so come to find out that it's actually um, six months, no, almost a year old. It, it came out in April, I believe, or maybe it was May, May of 2019. Anyway, it is, they're called Eva Stories, and it's about this um, 13-year-old Jewish girl living in Budapest, Hungary, Budapest, Hungary, in 1944, and they're of course, little quick stories, and I say stories because they're Instagram stories, of her life and what's happening to her and her community, um, you know, when the Germans, um, when I should say the Nazis were, you know, had taken over Hungary, and you see what's happening through her eyes, um, through her view of things, and she, you know, she's posting typical um, Instagram stories of, you know, of a kid, a 13-year-old kid, you know, dancing around or playing with friends or whatever. But you also see other things happening, like um, the soldiers following her or, or you know, other things happening from the world, from World War II and the Nazis in her Instagram stories. And I started watching them, and they're not very long. And there's, I think there's only like, I don't actually don't know how many stories she has. But um, they were, they're really well done. And come to find out that it's produced by Radio Free Europe. And it was completely, it was, it's made on purpose to teach um, people or children or uh, teenagers or whoever um, about World War II through the eyes of a 13-year-old, um, you know, to, to make you think, to make you, you know, Imagine what it would be like if there was Instagram back during World War II in Hungary, in Budapest, um, with this girl. And I just, at first I thought, man, that, that is really amazing. I mean, because like, they literally filmed these um, little 15-second stories. I think they're like 15 seconds longer. Maybe they're shorter than that or longer than that. I'm not sure. But... Um, it really, really well done. Really well done. I was so impressed. And then I'm thinking to myself, man, what a great way to tap into the young kids today who are, you know, on these social media. And then people are using the social media to, to actually teach something of significance. 
um, great way, because it actually, I know what it was. It, it came out on Holocaust Remembrance Day, which I believe is May 8th. So I think that's um, when it came out. But um, if you have not seen these Instagram stories, you need to go to Instagram and search for Eva Stories, E-V-A Stories, and watch them. And it's just amazing how much you can learn in such short little bites of things. Um, seriously, I, I, I want you, I'm encouraging you to go and um, check those out because I, I found it absolutely riveting and amazing. So check out Eva Stories on Instagram. All right, um, one more thing, and then I'm going to wrap this up. So this, this next thing started on Monday, February 10th. Well, that's also the day that I went to cardiac rehab, but I'm not going to talk about that in this during this episode. I'll talk about that next episode. But um, so Monday, a thing started out, I believe it was on Twitter. Maybe it was Instagram. I'm not sure. Somebody posted this, uh, made a post and showed a picture of a broom standing up by itself. And they said in the post, this day, February 10th, is the only day that brooms can stand up because of the gravitational pull, and that had NASA said that this was the only day that, they, that you could do it, so it became the broom challenge, and people were, you know, once they saw that, then they started um, standing their brooms up and uh, taking pictures of them and posting them on Instagram and Twitter and uh, Facebook and stuff, and it became this huge thing, I mean, like, viral obviously very fast and even within its uh, it, it, within its viral time it was also um what was the what's the word uh proven wrong let's say because nasa had to put out a tweet or a instagram or something saying um this is not true we we did not say anything about gravitational pull and the broom challenge First of all, there is no such thing as a certain day of the year when the gravitational pull is, is stronger than it is other days, um, in, or, uh, NASA said. And they said, you can stand a broom up any day. It all depends on how well you can um, balance the broom and, and how, well, they talked about how um, if it's a really old broom and the bristles aren't that stiff, then it may not work because um it's relying on the, the bristles to stand it up, and it's relying on the fact that a broom has a very low center of gravity or whatever center uh, you know, where the heaviness is, is at the bottom, so it can hold the broom up by doing that. But um, so anyway, the, po the whole point is, is that whoever started it, and I think they did figure out who started it, was totally making it up. They didn't realize that it was not true, and NASA had to prove it. So I don't know if you, any of you got uh, wrapped up in the broom challenge, but it's just you can do it any day you want. A broom can do that because it's got low center of gravity. Um, low center, what is that what it's called, low center of gravity? Low, I don't know what it is. But in any case, you could stand a broom up today, and it would it would work. That there's no there's no special reason why the um, broom could only do it on the on February 10th. It was that was. BS. <laughs> but it's so funny how quickly, how fast people jump on the bandwagon and say, oh my God, it works. Oh my God, it works. Look at my room. And then they post a picture and then they say, oh yes, it works. Oh my gosh. And it's just like, oh, people stop. You know, just, you know, you need to do research before you jump on the bandwagon. Anyway, I am going to leave you with a question. 
that has nothing to do with anything else I've talked about. But sometimes when I am um, drifting in and out of sleep, I think of things, you know, you have dreams, I think of things, and for some reason, last night, I was drifting in and out of sleep, and this question came to mind. Um, and it's, well, the question is, do humans have white meat and dark meat like chickens and turkeys do? You know, like how the chicken's breast meat is white meat? Um, I don't know why I thought, I mean, granted, humans are not poultry, but um, I'm wondering if we have white meat and dark meat like other animals do. <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking that question. I just, that came into my mind and I'm like, well, first of all, we wouldn't eat, we don't eat humans, so we don't really know, but I'm just, that question just came to my mind. So if you have any answer with that or anything to do with that, let me know. All right, that's all I have for today. So thanks for listening and um, I'll catch you next week. So until next time, bye.